Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MDJD. Today, we delve into a captivating conversation where Dr. Choctaw and his special guest, the esteemed national leader, Mr. Richard Nichols, unlock invaluable life and wellness lessons. So brace yourself as they also explore the transformative power of paying it forward. This is an episode you won't want to miss, plus you'll definitely want to share it with someone. Keep listening all the way to the end for details on just how to do that. So let's get started. Here's Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast. I'm Dr. William T. Choctaw. I will be your host for this this morning. Uh, we're very delighted to have an outstanding guest uh, that we've had, we have the privilege to interview. That's uh, Mr. Richard Darrell Nichols. Um, and as we uh, have him to discuss with us his experiences, you'll understand why we're so excited to have him on our podcast. Uh, so, Richard, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Chata. And do you know, it's really, uh, I was just thinking, it's coincidental that you are interviewing me because I can remember meeting or really hearing about you maybe over 30 years ago at St. Stephen Baptist Church. And you were like, I think the mayor, first you were the, were you the, um, what they call, um, on the city council of Walnut. Yes. Then you Walnut, became right. the mayor of Walnut. Yes, I did become mayor of the city of Walnut. And then I think you were part of NAACP. I said, this man is onto something. I didn't know he was part of that group that they called the Alphas, but he's still good. <laughs> Alpha Phi Alpha, yes, sir. Right. Now, you, you're a good guy, and I said, I need to know that man. Well, <laughs> and you here you're going to interview me. How how special is that? <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. You're very gracious. And I should also mention that you remember that August body called Omega Sci-Fi. Omega uh, Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. <laughs> yes, <sir>. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I do understand. So tell me, Richard, tell, tell me about your background. Tell me where, where you were born, how you grew up, et cetera, et cetera. Your well, I, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. Okay. And, and when I say Gary, Indiana, to some people, they always say, did you know the Jacksons? And I would <laughs> have to say, yes, I grew up down the street from the Jacksons. I played with the Jacksons. I was in Latoya. Uh, Latoya's kindergarten class. So we were good for, you know, neighborhood friends. I, I won't say good friends, but neighborhood. Right, right, right. As the, kids. The, the, Jackson and, five, the Jackson Five Jacksons. Right, the Jackson Five Jacksons. Okay, Gary, okay, Indiana, going that. back to Indiana. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I would say, you know, people say, well, how were they? They were like regular people in a sense that we all lived in the neighborhood uh, as neighbors. Right. Uh, they were different in that, uh, you know, Joe Jackson's was in the Jackson. They had a strict uh, routine for them. Okay. And and a lot of people thought it was me. Uh, but I said, shoot, if, if he was me, my my mother and grandmother was, was me because they had a real strict. <laughs> real understood, understood. And but that was the culture. That was the that culture. That was the culture. The Jacksons were good people. They were humble and meek. So I grew up and then on the other, they lived on Jackson Street. I lived on Madison, 
the next street over from me was Jefferson. The streets east of Gary in Gary are named after the states, and the streets west of Gary are named after the president. So you had Washington, Adams, oh. Jefferson, Madison. Monroe and Jacksons. The Jacksons lived on Jackson Street. That was just coincidental. It wasn't named after them. But uh, going back to Jefferson, we had William Marshall, the actor. His mother yes. lived lived in that house. And I remember coming home, well, him coming to Gary home, and uh, he, would, he had a big St. Bernard dog, and he would let us play with the dog. And um, that was a great experience, you know, to have good role models in our neighborhood. Down the street from the Jacksons, we had Avery Spencer, who played in uh, Spencer for Hire. His mother was the music teacher at our high school. So that was another good experience. Why were there so many entertainers in Gary, Indiana? That, that's, that's the way God wanted. He put that in the plan. Apparently. apparently. <laughs> uh, hey, we, we don't have a, a formula or uh, uh, any message to the madness. It just exactly. happened that way. That was coincidental. Interesting. Interesting. So tell me, about your... <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your career. Well, I went to Ball State in Muncie, Indiana. Okay. Um, I got my master, uh, BA in journalism and multicultural education. I got a master's in secondary education. And then I came to California and got a credential in special ed. And I guess that's where the bulk of my career was in special education. Uh, I started out uh, wanting to be a journalist. And then I met, um, you know, when they say, uh, when you have someone that looks like you in front uh -huh. of months, the ball state was a predominantly white school. There were like okay. 20,000 students and only 500 blacks, 250 of the blacks lived on campus. And okay. I think at that time they had about maybe three professors, but I never saw any of the three black professors. Let me qualify that. <laughs> and, um, then one day I, I took a class, uh, economics in the ghetto, and there was a economics in the ghetto. In the ghetto, okay. <laughs> and um, there was Dr. Charles Payne. He just passed about uh, last year. He passed, but anyway, okay. when you he was black, he was a black guy from Philadelphia, Mississippi. Okay, so he talked about his is. experience there, and and when I took this class. Man, I said, man, I need to be with this guy because he was a great professor. He was funny. Uh, he, he cared about his students. And so he started a program at Ball State called Multicultural Education. And okay. that's how I got into uh, my minor, the Multicultural Education. I was following Dr. Payne. And after I graduated, uh, I started subbing in Gary, Indiana as a teacher. And one year we had a blizzard and my girlfriend was still in school at Ball State. And so I got in the car and went down just to see her. It uh -huh. was below zero weather and a blizzard. And I was just happening to walk across campus and I saw Dr. Payne. And Dr. Payne asked, uh, 
he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm subbing in Gary. And he asked, he said, well, if I gave you a, get you a uh, graduate uh, fellowship, would you come back and work on your master's? And that was two reasons I said yes, because my girlfriend was there <laughs> and I would get a chance to get a master's for free. So uh -huh. that's, that's how I got yeah. started. I came what, to what, what did Ball State teach you that you wouldn't have learned had you not gone to Ball State? I mean, black people can be as smart as the whites. And I say this because okay. I grew up in a predominantly black uh, city. Okay. I went to an all-black high school. And we were always taught that we were somebody and we could do something. But we always had, uh, should I say, had that stigma that white people uh, were a little higher or better. And that, I don't know, we just... So why, why did you apply to Ball State instead of one of the historical black colleges? Okay, I blew. I, I applied to Tennessee State, and did I'm you? still <laughs> waiting for them to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee State is a good school. That's where I was graduate. Right. So no Tennessee. I applied to Ball State, uh, Vincent's and Purdue, and, okay, and to Tennessee State. Like I said, none of those schools answered me. Ball State answered my call, and they okay. gave me a free education. I got an Indiana State scholarship. I got a BEOG grant. That was okay. the bulk of my uh, finance. Okay. And I got uh, work study. So yes. my education was That's free. That's awesome, familiar. I, I had work study too. Yep. Yes. So why did I go to Ball State? Because they yeah. gave me the money. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know I was poor, Doctor Chata, until I filled out my application, and I put all zeros on there. And I said, "Mama, we are poor." She said, "I've been trying to tell you. That. <laughs> I, I didn't have a tree with money that's growing on it." So yes. I, I realized how, and it was twelve of us, uh, kids writing. But I didn't, I didn't feel like we miss anything. As a matter of fact, I was a happy kid. We had, we, we always had, uh, we had the party, and that's probably why people think I'm a social person. Uh -huh. uh, party, but that's the way my family is. We all like to get together and have a great time. There's always noise in the house, music just everything fellowship food <laughs> so did, did you socialize a lot at ball state were, were you on campus or did were you outside of campus now you know i was a social person I, but i can be in a crowd and hide myself I'm in sure. a crowd you know just be by myself but uh one thing believe it or not, a lot of people would not believe this that i was very i won't say shy but i was afraid to talk uh -huh. to people, uh -huh. but they I like being than what they thought. Yes, I will. I, but I like being around people, and I knew how to be around people and enjoy I'm myself. Sure. And then I realized that then that you can be yourself, and people will still respect you. So I'm, you, you know, I'm president of the nerd class of club, uh -huh. and, but I feel comfortable in that position. <laughs> Do you think fraternities and sororities are relevant today? Of course. And that was, I was going to get to that. That was the second thing that changed my life, mm -hmm. joining Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity. Okay. Uh, incorporated. And yeah. um, 
And I say that because uh, I pledged my second quarter. In the third quarter, they made me president of what they called Bosnius. <laughs> was it a large chapter or a small chapter? It was small. It was only oh. we we okay. uh, Omegas in Indiana have always well not at Ball State has always had small chapters. The okay. capitals and had the always had the largest, and that's capital territory because you know the capitals were founded at Indiana uh, University oh, in Bloomington. Okay, got it. But uh but I like the Omegas because they always asked me how I was doing in my studies mm-hmm. and if I could help if they could help me. Whereas the other fraternities would say, we're the pretty boys or we the party. We got all the girls. <laughs> the ladies. You know, it's interesting. I think I, I hear a lot of people who complain about uh, people who are our age, who, who yes. complain about fraternities and who obviously never, never joined. I, I, the fraternity was like a, a family for me. And right, it was. It was uh, right, and, right, but clearly they taught me stuff. I, I was like a country boy from Tennessee. Okay. I, 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 I not only didn't have a rap, I didn't have anything. Okay. And, and I listened to the brothers from New York and Indiana and Chicago and California, and I learned from them. You know, right. I, I learned how to play chess from my roommate who was an engineer oh, okay. from uh, Alabama. You know, yeah. So it was, I, I think for a lot of us who lived in a, in a sort of a narrow area, uh, education was more than just the book learning. It was, right. it was environmental right. stuff that it taught us. Yes, um, yes. How, is, is that why you went into or got involved with community leadership? or, or was Well, you know something, Dr. Chata, I was just going to say, uh, growing up in Gary, Indiana, gave me a good education. Going mm-hmm. to an all-black high school gave me a good education. Mm-hmm. And not just educational-wise, but social, community, and just being able to uh, survive in the world. Um, Gary, I saw a lot of the people who were in the community who were, you know, African-American, Black, 85% of uh, the teachers at my high school graduated from the high school. So they carried a tradition and they taught us pride. That's one thing we even I can still see the words in the hall, uh, pride inside. And uh, that was one of the models to have pride about yourself. I can still remember. I didn't really understand the word pride in the fourth, fourth grade. And, but I remember my uh, principal telling us we should have pride in ourselves and uh, love ourselves. And as I got older, I understood exactly what she was talking about. So seeing uh, the civil, the civic uh, people working within Gary, like Mayor Hatcher became mayor in 67. Uh-huh. So I was able to be around him as a fact. Matter of fact, my father was a police officer, oh. and by the time he was uh, Mayor Hatcher's bodyguard, and so believe me, right? Mayor Mayor Hatcher was a lawyer, and uh, he was my father's lawyer okay. <laughs> before he became mayor. So I got a chance to see a lot of influential people, important people, and. Um, they became my role models, you might say. I was a paper boy for 10 years. I had my uh, elementary school principal. I had the high school coach, my junior high assistant principal, who later became principal. 
uh, 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 I had a preach a couple of preachers on my paper route, so I was able to go into their homes and you know they talked to me and yes. you know inspired me, encouraged me to be uh, successful. Uh, one person and Miss Ann Gregory, she was the uh -huh. first black professional uh, woman golfer. Uh -huh. And and I would go in the house, you know, when I collect uh, for the uh, papers, and I see all these trophies on her baby grand. She had a trophy in her uh, trophy case. I would see all of that, and I didn't really, I didn't really know who she was until I came to California, and I saw an article about her in the newspaper, and she had passed at that time. I said, "Wow, uh -huh. I had touched history." She uh, brought Joe Lewis. To the to Gary for a lot of events. So exactly. it's amazing. As I hear you talk, I'm reminded about a lot of parallels in my life. Where my my high school was 99, well, 100 black, and the mm -hmm. teachers went out of their way. We talk about right. pride to make sure we understood what was going on in the country. Right, you know, right. That, mm -hmm. that, that 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 they 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 were more than just teachers. They they right, were right. teachers and super parents and protectors and and. And, uh, professors on and on and on. Is, is that why you decided to go into teaching? Part of it, yes, it was. I wanted to inspire. And when you were talking about teachers, I remember my French teacher, we would call her what well, we would say, we were going to have our sermon before she started the lesson. And uh -huh. she would always talk about uh, someone important that graduated from Roosevelt, my uh -huh. high school. And usually they were in the newspaper in Gary. They're okay. talking about their accomplishment. And so we would always wait for her to start her sermon sermon <laughs> before <laughs> and then uh my next door neighbor was the omega and okay. i didn't i didn't know this until one day i came home with my shirt on from a uh, vacation he he called me he said what is that on your chest there what what do you got that shirt on and then i told him he said well i'm an omega <laughs> and uh, i said what and so you know we we develop a relationship yep. um he had diabetes, so I became his chauffeur a lot of times because uh -huh. he became a double amputee. And one, one of the least known things, I think, in this country is, and I'm, I'm going back to your, your, your Omega experiences now, uh -huh. is how uh, fraternities and sororities helped high school students right, and right. college students to sort of show us the way, you know, right. that, that, mm -hmm. uh, in particular for me, I, you know, I'm different from you. I, I, I grew up in the foster system, okay. uh, but it was my teachers and my social workers. Yes. Uh, Ms. Juanita Walker, my social worker, who was like a surrogate mother for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, but, and so my point is they, they, they went beyond the routine. They, right. they weren't just average teachers, you know. Right, you, right. you were like one one of their sons, and 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 the fraternities were a big part of that. I had a similar experience with Alpha, where my high school, one of my high school gym teachers, approached me and said, "I want to take you to go see a man." And I got permission to go, and it was a dentist, uh, Dr. I. L. Moore. I never forget him. And he walked in and looked at me, and he said, "Do you want a suit?" 
And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and he said, Mr. Sims, who was my teacher, is going to take you downtown King Saul's and downtown Nashville, and he's going to buy you a suit. You, you wow. Can buy a suit you want. Mm-hmm. And my point is that these men, just like you were saying, who were above us, who didn't right. know us, who were not our parents, but but they they went went outside of their way to help us. Yes. And my, my point is, I think we need to pass that on. It's, right. it's and, you, and I'm glad you said that point because uh, Raymond J. Hill, he's known as Pelican. He graduated from Southern uh, University. Okay. And he was a recruiter. I don't know if you know Bob Love, but... Uh, yes, played, I do know Bob Love. He yep. played uh, basketball in Chicago. Right, right. And, yes, I, uh, I, I remember him. Well, uh, Raymond recruited him from Southern University. Okay. But my point is, when I would help him out, he would say, now, you don't owe me. What do you say? You don't owe me anything, but I want you, when you uh, grow, finish and start working, you owe it to the other kids to bring them up. And, you know, I have a a Midwest club that I started. uh, And I use that. I said, we're going to party with a purpose. And (laughs) the purpose, our main goal is to play Midwest, but also another goal is to help the youth. And so we give out scholarships to uh, the youth, high school seniors every year. Okay. Okay. And and that is, I said, I'm doing that because Raymond told me I didn't owe him anything, but I had to give it to the youth. <laughs> and so, so you're still paying it forward? Still pl- paying it forward. It will be 30 years in January, wow. uh, our anniversary. So exactly. we've been doing this for 30 years now. But why did you decide to work with as as a teacher? Why did you decide to work with teachers, uh, work with students who had disabilities? Um, believe as a sub, I would uh-huh. sub in special education classes, and I don't know I just had a a, a a different feeling being with them. They they gave out love. They gave me yes. love, and you you know you like to be stroked right. <laughs> <laughs> with love, not a fist. Right, <laughs> and um. I just felt that I had one one thing I had patience and I okay. developed patience working with my mother who had rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. And I'm I'm not, I wasn't the only child that helped her but she would always see she she loved for me to take her to the doctors because mm-hmm. I would take her to the doctor and wait for her. I would fall asleep waiting <laughs> but I would still be there. But my other brothers they would take her and drop her off. And she would have to wait on them to come back. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I just had a lot of patience and patience, and I, I said, mm, "I can, I can deal with uh, you know different people's attitude." Yes, yes. Not, not really attitude, but their behavior. I was able to deal with that and not take it personally. That's what you have to do: be able to not take it personally. You know, if the kid strike you or you know kick ass you, they're not really kicking at you, they have something else going on with them that they're trying to release. And probably that that quality is worth it. Uh, we, we have this thing about um, 
um, uh, control the controllables in terms right, of right. Mental, mental health and just basic wellness. Um, and um, uh, and also we, 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 we talk about the importance of uh, forgiveness as therapy, that when, when things happen that appear negative or bad and we don't really know, um, uh, just forgive. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter who's right or wrong, uh, but that that's therapeutic not only for the person that you've given it to, but for yourself. You just I was going to say forgiveness is really for you. It's to exactly. let you release whatever is happening and for the other person to accept it or reject it. But exactly. You release it from yourself and you can move forward because the longer you hold it, on you, yeah. you, can't, you can't do anything. That's exactly right. It's damaging. It's exactly right. How did you get involved with the NAACP? Going back to Gary, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say Mr. Stokes from my church. He was Mr. NAACP. And okay. everyone was always, you know, you, that seemed like that's something you were supposed to do. You were mm-hmm. supposed to get involved with the community service, and you're supposed to get involved with the NAACP. That was the dominant um, group in yes. Gary at that time. And I can remember uh, we had the pleasure of having Mahalia Jackson. Wow. Uh, come because you know she lived in Chicago, but she would come to Gary because she would have friends. And I remember them going down the street with a bullhorn on top of the car, uh-huh. inviting people. They we had uh, Reverend Je- Julius James. He was the pastor of St. John Baptist Church, and he was a classmate of Martin Luther King, wow. Dr. Martin, Reverend Martin Luther King. And uh, they were going down the street announcing that they were getting buses together to go to the march on Washington. Wow. And wow. so and Mahalia Jackson was in the car with them doing that. Yes, so um, going back to Mr. Uh, Stokes, he was a lifetime member. There were other people who were lifetime members of NAACP, but he was a lifetime member that always talked about the NAACP, and he was also my Boy Scout master, Scout master. So I I saw him working in the community. My father was part of the NAACP, um, but he wasn't as, you know, a strong worker like Mr. Stokes was. So um, that was just something you were supposed to do, I guess. If and you then when I, to, if you had to give advice to, I don't know, thousands of, of young people or, or old people, uh, based on your experiences, based on the pros and cons, based on things that you've learned, what, what would be some of the basic principles that, that you would you you would suggest to folks? Well, you know, hey, the cliche, always trust in God. You can always trust God in whatever situation you are in. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are going to work out either way, but it's going to be for your good. Right. And there's a lesson to learn. There's a good out of everything that happens. And that's uh, most people, even my wife, uh she don't understand that I don't get upset easily. Uh-huh. If, uh-huh. If, if I'm upset, something has really happened. And, and that's why I just try to stay calm and be happy about what's going on in life and, in, hey, and enjoy life at the moment. 
Yeah. So basically trust God and just know whatever situation you are in, it's for your good. And you're going to uh, sooner or later work it out. Something else is going to come to help you. Exactly. Yeah. God is in charge. Don't sweat the small stuff, but most stuff is small. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well I, Richard, and we appreciate your time and we appreciate your effort. Anything else you, you want to share with us or you want to share with well, us? Well, I did want to, you know, I, I wanted to be an uh, advocate, you might say, for okay. um, prostate cancer. Okay. I, I got prostate cancer. I had prostate cancer and I had the robotic surgery. Yes. And now, I'm, um, I'm st- I still don't know why, you know, I keep it. I don't ask why, but, you know, it's in in the back of your mind. Why does this happen to me? But Mm -hmm. it happened. And when I found out that I had it, people said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to the doctor and get rid of this (laughs) Uh, uh, disease. It's not going to stay with me. Uh, I never got down. And so I I, I wanted people to know things are going to happen. You, it might not. You don't know why it's happening to yes. you, but you just have to deal with it. And so I want, to, uh, especially the men, to know the reason I found out uh, that I had cancer because I went to my annual physical. Okay, and, there you go. And I would always go to my physical. I would call them. They say it's not time for you to come in. You know the hospital, the my right, right. Because hey, one reason it was part of my benefits from my job. It was free. I had it, and so I uh-huh. wanted to use it. So I would call. I would go to the dentist regularly every six months, and I go to my um, physical. And so I found out then so if I hadn't gone to the physical. Uh, waited, I wouldn't have found out. So that's one key point. Always don't be afraid to know what the doctor's going to tell you because sooner or later you're going to find out what he needs to tell you and exactly. it might be too late. <laughs> and it's an important point you're making because one of the one of the areas of the population that does that the least is probably men uh, yeah. and more specifically men of color. Uh, right, right. So it's, it's important. It's an important testimony. Right. Uh, to say that, uh, you know, we, we want to live life long like everybody else. And, and exactly. That, we have to take care of ourselves. Right. Well, we, we definitely love having you with us. And if there's nothing else, uh, you can enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Healthy, Wealthy and Wise podcast with Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD. We hope you enjoyed this episode. In fact, if you found this episode helpful, you can support and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform with the keywords, Dr. William Choctaw. You'll find it very quickly. Also, subscribing helps ensure that you don't miss any future episodes. And then take the next step of action and share it with your family, friends, and or your co-workers. They'll be glad you did. So until the next time, live your best possible life the best possible way. You've been listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD.